And now we're live, and welcome everyone to the Football Outsiders uh, Draft Podcast. I'm Mike Tanier, Football Outsiders, along with my ever-present co-host, Derek Clausen. How you doing, Derek? Not too bad. Apologies if my voice is a little hoarse. I spent an entire weekend yelling at League of Legends professionals, so... <laughs> watching the league of legends professionals and you're just coming from another podcast is that correct that is also correct which i will also probably sound very hoarse on (laughs) okay uh if you don't know derek you'll be able to check derek out tomorrow on four verts charles mcdonald's uh podcast which is part of the uh, underdog fantasy our sponsor it's part of their network is that correct yes sir excellent will be what were you guys talking about uh, I was mostly talking about the quarterbacks, but I know he is also talking to uh, ESPN's Jordan Reed about, I think, also the quarterbacks. And then he talked to uh, Mike Tice, uh, you know, former yes. former offensive line head coach. So that should be really good. Oh, that's phenomenal. Also with us, our special guest this week from Pro Football Network, Mike K. Long time no see, Mike. How you doing? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, Derek, as I like to call him one of the best QB guys in the business. And Mike, you and I go, we're payback from way back, uh, which is a dated reference that Derek might not understand, but right over my head. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, but you know, Mike's been one of my longtime buddies and mentors in the industry. And I always appreciate seeing him when I can see him. I always appreciate his beard game. That's like the number one thing. When I say mentor, I say mentor and facial hair, (laughs) you know, he's whatever. Last week, we did a show with Mike Tannenbaum of 33rd team, former uh, general manager in the NFL, and Matt Manicharian. And my beard was slightly sideways for the entire show. Um, And I refused to watch it. So I don't know how it went, but I know my beard was sideways whenever I see it pop up. Very, very unfortunate. You talk about like uh, references uh, Derek might not get. I I asked him what he was doing for the 2014 draft a couple of uh, shows ago, and I nearly crumbled into dust like a vampire in a church when he told me he was in high school. I think it was my junior year, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that's right. Or maybe senior year, one of the two. <laughs> Good heavens. I think, yeah. I, think t- I first met Derek like in 2015. So he yeah. was like, right? That was like your first I senior. I probably would have been my first senior bowl. I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm his payback from way back as well. <laughs> Whenever I see you, because there's a lot of 18, 19 year olds, sometimes 15 year olds running around the senior bowl. Sometimes with their parents or sometimes it's a group and like they're very draft. And we want to get in the draft business and everything. I always come home and look at my kids like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, that's the thing about your like, kids their generation. like Derek, like we all started in our 20s. Like Derek was starting when he was like nine years old. It's like this, <laughs> this like Solak and, and um, you know, who else is there? Benoit. Andy Benoit. Uh, yeah. Like, ever, just you guys are just wired differently than we are. Now, yeah. I, th- I think we're the weird ones, Mike. I, th- I think your kids are, are fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a three year old who's already prepping for the oh, no. uh, 2030 <laughs> NFL draft. I mean, you know. <laughs> Raise them right. Yeah. Raise them right. And uh, again, all football stars NFL draft coverage is presented by Underdog Fantasy. You use the promo code FO40, that's FO40 at Underdog. You can double your deposit up to $100. Links to Underdog Fantasy can be found in the description of this video below. So go play with us on Underdog today. If you go there now in the midst of the uh, NBA playoffs, there are all kinds of like, you know, come in and play a a Tuesday night, uh, shoot around, $3, $10, $15 bets, all kind of fun stuff you can do for basketball, hockey, baseball, and all those lesser sports there. But of course... (laughs) We're here to talk about the NFL draft. It is 50, 50, 55 hours to go. And I want to be 
elated because it is almost over. <laughs> Amen. Amen. This is, I, I said to Derek before we went live, I said, this is the, the least interesting draft since he was in elementary school. Like, really? I mean, <laughs> if you really what, think what about was that, though? What, uh, what year was that? Last year of elementary would have been maybe like, oh, seven, eight or something like that for me. Yeah, this is this is even more boring than the 2013 <laughs> draft. And it's not even – people want to talk about its quarterbacks. There are no, like, consensus number one guys. Like, none. There's no consensus number one guys. Right. I, it, it's perplexing, right? It's almost like the draft starts in the second round. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? They're, they're, people wonder why there's no interest in the first overall pick. And by the way, there isn't. That's not a smokescreen. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's because guys like Aiden Hutchinson would probably be a top 15 pick in a good year. Uh, he'd probably be a top 25 pick in a great year. And I think, like, that's what the the issue is here. 2013 was Luke Jokel, Eric Fisher, or is that? Mm-hmm. That is correct. EJ yeah. Manuel. More, EJ more. Manuel, Mike Lennon. Yep. Avon Austin. Oh, no, Mike Lennon was 2012, I think, wasn't he? Uh, no, he, he just went – He uh, Glennon was 2013, but he went in, like, the third round, I think. Right, right, yeah, you're right. My bad. Right. I unfortunately remember that because that was my first class that I actually, like, studied. So <laughs> I, know, I know way more about that horrible class than I should. Yeah, 2012 was Foles and and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was, ex- that was a huge one. And 2013 was, I think, my first one at a the now defunct Sports on Earth, and it probably went defunct because we were trying to get generate clicks talking about Luke Jokel and Eric Fisher at the top of a draft class, and that didn't work. Um, but while there's not a lot of interest, I guess overall for for casual fans, obviously the lifers are involved here in Philadelphia, where I'm based, and Mike has been based on and off. A lot of interest in the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to kick off this week using Mike Kay's expertise. He's been covering the Eagles, among other teams, but like focus on the Eagles for a while with Fix the Franchise for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, while we're putting the card up with the Eagles' needs, Mike, did you tell me you're going to be at Eagles headquarters in the first round? I will be. Uh, you know, they've got two first-round picks. I'll be honest with you. This is the most – a uh, perplexing projection that I've had to deal with. I covered before I went to pro football network where I am super thrilled to be. Uh, I worked for NJ.com. I covered the Eagles for four seasons before that. I covered the Jaguars for three seasons before that I was a destination covering the Eagles and was doing draft work to give you guys all a background in case you're unfamiliar. But I, this is the first time since I've been covering the draft where I'd like, you know, it, anything can happen. I think for Philadelphia. And I think we'll get into that when we talk about the state of the team. Anything has already happened because they traded one of their first round picks to get a 2023 first round. I'm going to ask you about that, by the way, Mike. A lot lot of the thought is that that's a insurance policy. Like they can get a quarterback next year. Is that where you stand on that? Yeah. I mean, they were always looking for 2023 draft capital. That's, that was always going to be the thing because when you have five guys, who have potential fifth-year options, if you hit, which is what you want to do, you're having to make a fifth-year option decision on three separate players, and that's not going to be something that makes a ton of sense Right. as the cap continues to grow, as you're trying to build this team through free agency in the draft. Mm -hmm. And I think when you look at the quarterback class, you look at the range of talent, like we talked about with Aiden Hutchinson, um, there's a clear floor here. And I think you, or there's a clear ceiling here, at least from a projection standpoint, 
mm-hmm. that you want to overcome. And I think it's the right move. You've got a, a quarterback on a rookie contract right. who, you know, you're giving him an extended audition. That's what he, this is. This is an extended audition. Last right. year was the audition for Jalen Hurts. Right. He played it's well the, enough that he's getting a second audition. The callback. It's the callback. The right. This call. is the callback. <laughs> and he's really got to decide whether he's going to have this leading role in this superhero movie or not. And that's what this performance is going to be this season. So they're hedging their bets, but they're also extending their value of trades, right? They got a first round pick essentially for free in one of the worst pre-draft trades I've ever seen (laughs) with the Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. I think I've talked to Mike about that trade probably 10 times. Right. It is a foolish trade. There's no way you can. Yes. Jalen Waddell is terrific, but to make that trade site unseen makes no sense. Then they might've made an actual better trade with New Orleans who has this hubris that they're going to be these serious contenders and that the pick's going to be less valuable next year. Newsflash. I I don't know if you've ever seen Dennis Allen be a head coach. I don't know if you've ever seen this roster, Yeah, but there's a very high probability that it's a top 10 pick. Um, Oh, and by the way, the Eagles still have two top 20 picks. So I, I think something that we need to look at in this draft specifically is long-term benefit, right? A lot of teams trade guys on rookie contracts to extend value. And that's something that's especially important going forward as the cap's going to move forward, because there's this whole discussion about wide receivers and paying wide receivers. You want to extend the value of your initial pick. So if I'm, if I'm a team like San Francisco, and obviously this is a weird year, but Debo Samuel wanting out, no, I don't want to trade him, but if right. I were to trade him, I better be extending his value yes. with, with numerous valuable picks. Because here's the thing. If you trade a guy in the fourth year of his rookie deal for a first round pick, let's say, you're extending his value potentially for five more years. Yeah, And that's something that needs to be discussed a little bit more as we talk about trade value and we see guys trading or teams trading back and forth. The, the Stefan Diggs, but you get Justin Jefferson when you trade him. And you exactly. It. That's like the best case scenario yeah. for a GM. And listen, there are teams that are equipped to go and, and be all in. We saw that with Los Angeles last year. Right. Um, I think to an extent, Cincinnati's built to go all in in a lot of ways. Right. That said, there are teams that really need to do it the right way and the traditional way. And I think the Eagles are trying to do that. Makes sense. Well, we, we tasked you with fixing the franchise. And ask you to come up with a mock draft uh, with the help of the Pro Football Network mock simulator. And uh, let's see what uh, let's see what Mike came up with. Uh, the, the mocks came out a little similar this time, which often happens. We never we do not uh, compare notes, but I like this. And it starts with a player that I love, and I think Derek loves because spoiler, it'll be on his mock draft too. Jordan Davis of Georgia. This guy has a floor that is extremely high. Mm-hmm. Guess what? He's also got a ceiling that's extremely high. Mm-hmm. We're at a point in the league where teams are pressing so much for pass rushers, right? Right. And then we're seeing teams fall apart as run defenders. Right. And that's what happened with the Eagles last year is they couldn't stop the run. Jordan Davis can not only stop the run, mm-hmm. he comes with a pre like if he were an action figure, he comes with the toy that is basically a huge shield around the run game. <laughs> And so his upside is this as an athlete, 
you can put him anywhere. Like, I, you know, you see sometimes when Jim Schwartz was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, Fletcher Cox going wide nine. Jordan Davis can play wide nine and actually be effective is his ceiling. Right. If that's the case, good luck as an offensive coordinator because he can dictate pre-snap decisions here. When you get a player that can dictate pre-snap decisions because of his athleticism, that's the whole reason why the Jaguars are in talks about Trayvon Walker. If you can dictate from the defensive line what the offense wants to do or confuse the offense, you're a special player. And Jordan Davis, at worst, is a very good two-down player. At worst. He is not going to be worse than that. Right? I mean, I think we're all in agreement on that. That's why he's worth this pick. In this draft, with with the, the capital that the Eagles have, Jordan Davis is absolutely worth 15. He's probably even worth trading 101, the extra third-round pick, and getting him at 12. I think this guy is a game-changer up front, and it's going to take a team that's willing to build the right way or the read way uh, in, in doing this. Like, the Eagles know what the, know the importance of the defensive line. Okay. And I think you've got Fletcher Cox for another year. Javon Hargrave hasn't signed an extension yet. Make Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave battle to see who's going to stick around and right. then have Jordan Davis be the guy next to him. Because we know that Javon Hargrave and uh, Fletcher Cox can both play one technique. We know that. Right. But they're better off at three technique. And Jordan Davis is a game changer at the one, even though he can move around. So that's where I'm at with this pick. Uh, Derek, and of course you you – love jordan davis too yeah right? i mean davis is just i really really don't think people understand how he moves on the field like right. people just see oh he's 340 pounds you know you, they played him at one a lot he's got long arms of course he just sits there and takes up space no dude he has the best first step yeah. among defensive tackles right. i'm not even kidding not right. like just for his size literally among all the defensive tackles in this class i think he comes off the ball that well and like the way he moves in space the way he can chase the way he can like redirect if he needs to cross face on a block like he is the most special athlete I've, I've probably ever seen um, coming out of the draft since I started doing it. Like he is a one of one type of thing um, just athletically. And then like Mike was saying, you look at the way he handles himself in run defense, just between his technique, um, the way he can anchor all that stuff. Like the film is unbelievable. Like it, it's stunning to me. He's not a top 10, you know, prospect for most people. Uh, Derek, you play um, Elden Ring, right? I have tried a little bit. <laughs> I was going to say there is a uh, boss called the Godskin Noble. Okay. I saw my son facing that is takes up the entire screen on a 48 inch TV, but can run fast and jump and leap and land on you. And when I looked at him, I said, that's, that's Jordan Davis. I, that is exactly Jordan Davis. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. I don't th know if he would consider that compliment. If he played the game, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I think so. But, you know. Now we're talking about things that go over my head. So I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're even, now we're even. So yeah, for sure. Merging Bridging the generation gap here, that's what I do. Uh, Mike, I know you're on a little bit of a, a schedule, so our viewers are familiar with Chris Olave. I think we know where he fits. Boy, Mafe is somebody we talked about a lot on here, somebody I love. I want, I want to skip ahead because Eagles fans love their linebackers. Brandon Smith, I know him, big thumper, former five-star recruit, and just like I look at him like between the tackles hammer of a, of a linebacker. What, what's your take on him? Yeah, well, we know it's well publicized. The Eagles haven't taken an off-ball linebacker in the first round since uh, 1979. Um, Jerry Robinson. Jerry Robinson. I remember him. Um, so, 
for for context, that's nine years before I was <laughs> I was born. Um, and so the thought process of them, uh, you know, going after a guy like Devin Lloyd or or, or um, you know uh, Dean from from Georgia just seems preposterous to me. Right. Uh, but also they haven't taken a, a linebacker in the second round since Michael Kendricks. And that was in 2012, the draft that, that we were talking about before. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I think Brandon Smith makes a lot of sense in the third round. He's a guy who can move around a lot. Um, I think you could play him at Sam. I don't think he necessarily has to be a hook linebacker. I think you can, you can use him as a Sam linebacker. Yeah. Um, the Eagles brought in, uh, Kaiser White. Yeah. He's a traditional will, in my opinion. Obviously, we all know he, he was a safety in college. Um, still displays very good safety uh, instincts and coverage. And then you've got TJ Edwards, who I think has surprised a lot of people. We know the draft Knicks loved him the year he came out. He went undrafted. But a lot of people just saw him as a thumper. I got to tell you, I, I, I even remember talking to you, Mike, in practice. I go, he looks faster. Hmm. And that's what's happened. He's He's gotten – faster as a pro i think he's just able to diagnose things quicker right he's the ideal middle linebacker in my opinion for hybrid defense and look he 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 and white are both on one-year deals similar to javon hargrave and and fletcher cox essentially and so you know they're out to prove where they can be brandon smith is a guy who could fill in for either one of them if neither if one of them doesn't stick around but he's a guy who can play sam and i think when you look at the way that they use the sam linebacker position in this in this jonathan gannon defense they mm-hmm. want to be multiple. They want to. They want to be able to move guys around. They don't. They mostly play right and left outside linebacker. They're not using like a traditional Sam. So Brandon right. Smith has to be able to do a lot of stuff. He's got to be able to to play the run well. He's got to be able to to blitz. He's got to be able to do all this stuff. And he's got this athleticism that I think has so much untapped potential. I was at his pro day last month. He he impressed me a lot. He comes off very intelligent. He, he's a very smooth athlete, and I think you can do a lot with him. Very cool. And Tyler Batty is a guy I think we saw in Mobile who's just a dart and he can catch the ball very well out of the backfield. And um, just put another guy for the rotation at running back, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you look at Miles Sanders who, uh, uh, you know, wants to go nuts, which apparently is like the key phrase for running backs this year. Uh, <laughs> if you write uh, that a guy goes nuts, apparently you get picked up by like every outlet possible, which is, you know, Mike, you and I know as writers, that's like a, nothing quote but uh (laughs) tyler batty is a baddie you know what i mean like (laughs) this dude you know you look at missouri running backs and you're kind of like you know maybe they're kind of you know soft between the tackles no this dude can do everything he can run outside he can run inside um he he fits the rotation really really well i think he complements boston scott in a lot of ways i think he complements miles sanders uh, we know Miles Sanders has dealt with injuries. Tyler Bad- Batty is a, or Beatty, Batty, whatever, is going to be a starter in this league eventually. And I think that's what his upside is. I think his downside is, hey, he's a great third down back. And and that's really what the Eagles need. I don't think Miles Sanders needs to be a bell cow. I think he's proven that. Right. I think when you let him loose and you give him 15 carries a game, he's going to get you 90 to 100 yards. Right. And he's going to break off for that one big run. But I think you need a guy who can do a lot of different things in that backfield team up with Kenny Gainwell, like him and Kenny Gainwell as a long-term one and two makes a lot of sense, especially if you don't want to pay Miles Sanders. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the way the Eagles need to think here. 
Very cool. I'm going to shift gears over to Derek's. And as we pop this up, Derek, I just got to warn you, it seems like when I looked over your mock, you des- doomed the Eagles to another year of Jalen Rager. At yeah. receiver. This is I mean, a defensive explosion, but there ain't no receiver. So walk me through this. I mean, I just particularly don't love their front. Um, and I think they're going to need to build for the future, especially on along the interior. But I mean, Davis, basically everything Mike said earlier, like he's just a one of one type of freak athlete. So we don't really have to talk about him. And then yeah. Karloftis, I was actually talking to someone the other day where I think just on body type, Karloftis might scare some Eagles fans just because he's kind of built like Barnett and like shares yeah. some similar um, traits. But I just think he's an infinitely better prospect than Barnett was coming out. Um, and I, I think he's going to be a lot more productive. And truthfully, I think they need a bigger bodied edge type um, alongside some of the other smaller guys they have. Like, you know, Josh Sweat is a little skinnier. So right. I just think he's like the perfect fit for the kind of edge rusher they need. He's got some AJ and Panessa vibes, right? Like where you're yeah. like, yeah, he's good, but like the yeah. numbers. And then it's like, he's a bit stiff. But I oh, think, I don't know. I think he's yeah, way better yeah. than that. I think he's like Ryan Kerrigan. Well, no, I think, I think he is Ryan Kerrigan. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to, but I, I think to the to like the untrained eye, he comes mm-hmm. on very stiff. I think he, it's more that he's top heavy and not that he's stiff, in my opinion. I a hundred percent agree. And I think that's what the problem is, or the perception problem is. I mean, I've talked to people that really, really like him. I, I don't think the dip in numbers is really as alarming as a lot of people make it out to be. I think he's definitely more uh, talented than Barnett. Whoops, sorry, as, as the cat keeps opening the door. Hold on. <laughs> um, but pick a side. Uh, but no, I, I think he makes a lot of sense for them. He does remind me a lot of a young Ryan Kerrigan. And I know it's easy to make that thing with Purdue kind of work and you see the helmet and you get that vibe, but mm-hmm. he truly does remind me of Ryan Kerrigan. Well, Purdue uh, athletic director, Todd Singer has pointed us out that Carl Aftis is unlikely to bust due to his work ethic. He was, he's has a high work ethic. Uh, uh, reputation was a fantastic interview at the senior bowl. Uh, useful title as Carl Aftis commits stupid personal foul penalties on third down. I, I'm not, I'm not sure when you get a couple of high-profile uh, penalties in college. You can, I mean, the guys usually get a reputation if that's who they are as opposed to has who they were in the moment once or once. Well, while. then he'd fit right in. Derek Barnett's there, I, too. I was about to say, I think that was the Barnett <laughs> joke. <laughs> was a, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And Joey Sucks asked, you think Carlaftis is a better prospect than Trayvon Walker, right? I, I do, personally. Uh, I think it's a lot easier to see how he produces earlier than Walker does. I think it depends on where he goes, right? So I'm a big believer that, you know, and and Derek and I talked about this, about quarterbacks is, you know, I'm a big believer in where your situation is matters. Like I saw that, um, who just tweeted it out? uh, That I saw a tweet and I'm I'm blanking on who, who, who wrote it, but, you know, I would feel a lot better about Trayvon Walker if he wasn't going to have to then play for the Jaguars. Right. If, um, if Belichick there? gets a hold of him. Right, right. So I think like with Karloftis, there's more margin for error than yeah. than than Walker. Like if that makes sense. Like yeah. I think with Walker, you need somebody who is extremely creative. I think Karloftis, you know what he is. You know what he's going to do. Yeah. He can play wide nine. He can play seven. He You can move him inside some and play three. You Like 
he's a guy that isn't going to give you outstanding numbers, but you know that you can depend on him. If he if he's a guy who's like an eight sack a, a year guy, that's totally worth an 18th overall pick. You, you treat him like Sadaria Smith in Green Bay. Yeah, like that's what that's what you do with him. Right. That's oh, I like that. that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Sadaria Smith. That's the comp. Uh, Troy Anderson. We've talked about him before. Uh, give us a quick one on him. Yeah, I don't actually love Anderson, but I um, and I for one, I didn't want to pick a first round linebacker because, like Mike said, that's just not something that they do. Um, second round, even they don't do a lot, but I figured they would at at some point on day two they would take one. And I figure if they're going to swing on linebackers, um, it's going to be someone that's highly athletic. And Anderson is obviously that kind of guy. I think he needs a ton of work between the tackles, but if they can maybe give him a year to you know warm up, it, it seems like the type of pick that the Eagles would make at linebacker. Dude, and I, I've admittedly not watched Troy, but I will tell you this. Two years ago, it was going to be either um, Jalen Hurts, Jeremy Chin, or it should have been Logan Wilson. And I, from what I've heard and read about Troy Anderson, that that jibes with, with everything. Yeah. Now, Brian Cook is a safety and a kind of a draft board riser right now. He's got a, a pretty good reputation. Give me a quick one on him. I mean, Cook is just – he kind of does a little bit of everything, which I think is perfect for, you know, today's safeties. Um, I think yeah. he can play split field. He can do, like, enough in the middle of the field that he can survive. But he can also roll down and play the run. He's actually, like, a really big hitter. Um, yeah. It's not like DJ Swearinger where that's all that he can do. But he can, <laughs> you know, he he can lay the wood when he needs to. Awesome. And Neil Farrell, that's 330 pounds of beef in the interior front. Yeah, I just – Farrell – uh, truthfully 101 I think Farrell should go a lot higher than this I think he's like a borderline you know like high end of the third round type of pick to me um I, I think it's just people with this defensive line class have gotten I think bored because all of the good ones are nose tackles yeah. <laughs> um and Farrell is one of those guys I think you know you're not going to find him in the backfield a lot but if you need a guy who can just anchor at um you know one or zero pretty consistently he handles doubles well he knows how to anchor he plays with his hands well like He's going to be a guy who's just a rock. You know, you forget about, you're going to forget about him in a good way. Very cool. Very cool. I'm going to switch over quickly to my mock draft, which appeared a couple of weeks ago on football outsiders. I tweaked it slightly, uh, but probably not slightly enough because when it comes up here, I got a guy at number one who seems to be rising up draft boards. I was looking at the over-unders, probably not available for the Eagles. Jamison Williams at number 15. Increasingly, it looks like that's going to be somebody who could go 10, 11, 12, 13. If you like, replace Jamison Williams with Chris Olave, like Mike K did, or your favorite receiver there. I think Traylon Burks would not be a terrible choice there. Our man Carl Aftis, we love it. We love Purdue. We love our Purdue viewership here. So uh, uh, we, we've talked about him already. Kyler Gordon, like the number two cornerback at Washington, but he loves to hit. He loves to strike. He sometimes whiffs. <laughs> he, he likes to press. He sometimes presses and gambles and misses. Eagles fans will either love him or hate him, but he has the mentality there, and I can see him coming in and, and, and being a press man corner. I'm going to wrap up, and then I'll just open up the field a little bit here. Alec Pierce looking for another wide receiver, doubling up. Uh, we know J.J. Arcega Whiteside is moving to tight end, which means he's moving to special teams. Um, and, <laughs> and we know Jalen Rieger is probably uh, uh, moving to the USFL at some point soon. Alec Pierce boundary type wide receiver kind of doubles up there another guy to go up and get on the sidelines and nick cross was my entry into the versatile safety i think of him as a free safety personally but i, th I know people think he can go the other way another guy i think the instincts needs work he can fly around the field he can erase things in deep coverage 
uh, developmental, but we're talking about pick number 101, and that's where the uh, developmental picks go. And I think if you notice from all of our, 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 our mock drafts is, you know, yes, we're looking at needs, but we're looking at doubling up on needs, right? Mm-hmm. Like the defensive mm-hmm. line needs at least two pieces. Uh, linebacker needs at least one. The secondary needs at least two pieces. Um, I think wide receiver could, could use an influx of talent. Um, and so, look, I'll say this. We, none of us have offensive linemen in our top five picks we're going to be wrong. Um, <laughs> I do think they want to get ahead of Jason Kelsey's eventual retirement. Yes. I think they want to in, infuse some talent into that uh, right guard competition. That'll be Isaac Samalu and Jack Driscoll. Um, I've hinted at this several times. I still think, and based on what I've heard, I think that Nate Herbig will eventually be moved in a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, I, I, I think they need to, they've left themselves with a lot of holes, um, here. And I, I'm not like defending them, but I think by design, that's actually going to work out better for them than some teams that like aggressively attacked free agency. Right. Um, I think when you look at safety, they feel very comfortable with Marcus Epps for better or worse. And right. I think he did play pretty well last year. Right. Um, they've invested a lot in young cornerbacks that all have pretty decent upside, but are, are just unproven. I, I think Zach Mc, uh, McPherson's actually really, really underrated. Um, that said, would you want to miss your number two cornerback entering training camp? Probably not, but there is time before then. Um, I, I think at wide receiver, it's really interesting because do you want to go with another speed guy? Because Quez Watkins, you know, they speak, they think very highly of. Yes. Do you want to really move him into the slot? I, yeah. I just like, to me, that's, I, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. I, my cat's having a, a, a rough go over here. <laughs> um, sorry if you're hearing that. Uh, but Devontae Smith, like, in my opinion, Devontae Smith can play all three spots. Right. I think Chris Watkins can play Z and and the slot. You've got a tight end who's going to dominate the F, the F position. Um, I think that they're, you know, wide receivers really, they're only pressing need on offense, in my right. opinion. But it's a pressing need. And <laughs> right. so do you want to take a wide receiver in the first round for the third time in three years? Yeah. I think with that additional first round pick, it's not as crazy, right? But they really need to service the defensive front, and I, I, I just, you know, I, I don't. I wonder how they're going to to measure that. I also think they are likely to trade up from fifteen. I think they're likely to trade back from eighteen. If they pick with both fifteen and eighteen, I'll be stunned. <laughs> so um, yeah, we will see. We will see. Do you have a few minutes to stick around to uh, we can pick your brain on some Jaguars expertise? Or do you have to run, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Give me – yeah, I can make it to 140. Excellent. Excellent. So we're going to shift gears here. We have fixed the Eagles uh, for another year. Now we're just going to talk about prop bets. And the big news that happened yesterday is where we kick off the prop bets. Is that I, I've been writing about how, you know, Aiden Hutchinson looked like he was going to be the first overall pick. The odds makers agreed. I think the consensus agreed. Whether it was the best choice or not, it seemed like a choice everyone was comfortable with. And then yesterday – the numbers flipped and the odds flipped. Apparently a ton of money came in late Saturday, uh, Sunday night uh, into various sports books, which means somebody has inside information. Maybe it's Mike K that the Jaguars are in fact looking at Trayvon Walker 
at minus one at 90. And this is up to about 1215, uh, the odds at DraftKings. Trayvon Walker, minus 190. Aiden Hutchinson, plus 200. Jaguars are on the clock. Mike K, help us make sense of this. So I think you're in two different lands, right? I think Aiden Hutchinson's the sensible pick. Mm-hmm. Trayvon Walker's the upside pick. If I'm the Jaguars, I'm going sensible because the other way has not worked. Um, I think if you had like an established coaching staff and not a first year defensive coordinator on a team that has been in the dumps one outside of one year in the last decade, I just don't see why you need to Adam Dunless and swing for the fences. Uh, when you, there's a large probability that you're going to strike out with Hutchinson. I think at worst, he's like a Jake long type where, yeah. or sorry, not Jake long, Chris long. <laughs> where like early on in his career, maybe he's like a five sack a year guy, but I'd rather have that than a guy that completely flames out. Um, And I'm a big fan of Trayvon Walker. Don't get me wrong. I still think he's got top five talent. It's just a matter of how you're going to use him, who he's going to and and what his upside is in that system. And so I think Aiden Aiden Hutchinson makes the most sense at one, Mm -hmm. but I was told at the combine, um, Doug Peterson is a big fan of, Iki Iguanagu. Yes. Did I pronounce that wrong? Iquanu. Iquanu. Sorry. Yes. You know me and my my pronunciations. But um, he reminds me a lot of Jason Peters, so I see it. I get it. Yeah. Um, I also think when you look at the way that Doug is won, it's with a superior offensive line. Like, I don't think anybody's ever going to say, like, it, no matter the sack numbers, like, they've had good sack numbers that the Eagles won because they had a great defensive front. I think they won mainly because they protected the pass so well. When things were going poorly, it's when their offensive line was crumbling. And so I think when you have that option, um, especially because Icky can play m- probably four positions, yeah, you, you give yourself better hit ability. They need to hit on this pick. Like, mm-hmm. like there's no question about this. So I think shooting for the stars and making the Ar- Arik Armstead or DeForest Buckner pick isn't really in their wheelhouse here. I-, I just don't see it. And I think if ownership got involved and had a voice, I think Hutchinson's a really good compromise between Walker and Icky, if that makes sense. While you were speaking, uh, Icky's odds went up to plus 450. Aiden's odds went down to plus 225, I believe. Uh, don't uh, yell at me. Plus 225. And, and, and Walker's are the same at minus 190. So you you impacted the line as you spoke, Mike K. That's the power we have here at the Football Outsiders Draft uh, podcast presented by Underdog Fantasy. Derek, I mean, we've talked about this. We talked about this at length two weeks ago when I said this was the world is just gaslighting Trent Balkin into doing something goofy. I mean, I, I'm with Mike. Like, just take Hutchinson. And truthfully... <laughs> I don't even really like Hutchinson at one that much. Like, I, I think on our Bleacher right. Report board, I have him at like ninth. I think right. he's like a normal good type of prospect. Right. Um, I've thought uh, Thibodeau was just better the entire time, and it's bizarre to me that he's not in the mix. Right. Um, but between these two, like, like I see the logic for Walker because, yeah, he's a home run swing. But why? when has that ever worked for the Jaguars? And why does Trent Balky believe that that's going to work for him? I guess just because his entire career is built off of, like, these visions of grandiose. But, like, this is the <laughs> one time he needs to just shut up and, and hit the double. Um, and I think Hutchinson can be that. Like, Hutchinson is probably, yeah, someone who gets you six to nine sacks a year with his, you know, average outcome. And then maybe he does a little bit more than that. I think with as 
few NFL players as it looked like the Jaguars roster had last year. They just need an NFL starting player. And Hutchinson, I think, is pretty comfortably that. Right. So as always with the Jaguars, we are and with Trent Bauke, we're left saying, I don't know. But what I do know is I'm not <laughs> touching this. I had Aiden Hutchinson back on March 9th at plus 150 with the over-under to be the second or lower pick, anywhere from second down. So I'm insulated against all the nonsense that happened here. If Hutchinson goes, I've got a bet that I couldn't bet. I tried desperately to buy out of, and it's still sitting there, and it's probably going to pay off for me because I bet against Trent Bauke doing something smart. Um, let's look at I asked everybody. I know Mike's on a deadline, so we're going to go to Mike K first. I asked everybody to pick one prop off the entire board, whichever board you like. I think most of us are using DraftKings. And one prop that you are, you're going to hammer, you're going to take the mortgage and you're going to take the car payment and the kids' college fund, and you're going to put it right on this prop. And, and let's ask uh, Mike K's prop first. You selected Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, first player off the board, and I love the number on this, plus 135. I just think he's the most – again, I, I'm somebody who, who tends to look at floor um, more so than ceiling. Because, look, I, I, it's like when you're dating somebody. They put this front that they are this terrific person, but once you start dating them, you, you, you chip away at, at the charming facade, right? You want to make sure you want to be with this person for a really long time. And I think, to me, Garrett Wilson's the guy who is that dude. He's got the natural ability. He's got great hands. He's a former basketball player. Um he, I think he tracks the ball very well. He's not my favorite play, wide receiver in this class. I think Jahan Dotson is going to have a better career than pretty much anybody in this class hmm. based on upside. But we're not talking about upside. We're talking about floor. And I think, to me, Garrett Wilson's the most logical choice. I have him going to the Falcons at eight. Um, I've seen uh, the, the Drake London stuff, from what I hear, is is real. But then again, you hear a lot of stuff during this time. Um yeah. And to me, I think Wilson is a much better prospect than London. Dating advice from football outsiders. He's got the, <laughs> he's got the smile. That looks like he's 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 on a dating app there, Garrett Wilson. Um, and and it, again, this isn't necessarily our opinions because you might like Jamison Williams better. I know Derek, you like Chris Olave better. But yeah, you see the the Falcons in there. You see the Jets at ten. Do you see them teams like that in need going with somebody besides Garrett Wilson? I mean, it could be London just because he's the more, you know, he looks like your big typical ex, but Gary Wilson is like built enough and clearly athletic enough. And I think has enough flashes of some of the best receivers in recent memory. Like, I don't think he's this good, but like you could sell yourself on him being like a Stefan Diggs, Antonio yeah. Brown, like in that type of mold. Yeah. I don't see that personally at all, but like, I think teams are going to sell themselves on that. And he has like the best, blend of a lot of things that you could convince yourself that he's worth just taking first um and truthfully for the falcons i think it makes perfect sense because like if they're going to play pits at x a lot it makes more sense to kind of have a body like wilson opposite that as opposed to yeah. taking london and just having two pterodactyls right, right and don't forget drake london's pro day is scheduled for thursday night at 9 45 p.m <laughs> mike i think we gotta let you go here uh where can folks find you in general and on draft weekend well, you can you can see my uh, Twitter handle. It's the worst Twitter ha Twitter handle in the history of the world, but I've had it for ten years, and I don't feel like changing it. 
those are underscores, by the way. Yeah. But um, we're going to have a lot of great coverage over at Pro Football Network. Um, have some really great features set to, to run on day two. These are going to be features that you don't see anywhere else mm. um, on some potential day one guys. You know, Derek and, and Mike can kind of speak for this. When I do a deep dive, I do a deep dive. Yes. And, um, you know, there's some great personality stuff. I don't want to give them away, but uh, we, we've got some great stuff. I actually just did an interview before I was on with you guys with two prospects who have become very close friends throughout this process. thought it was kind of a cool feature. Um, and then obviously we'll have all of, I'll be at the Eagles. Um, Adam Beasley will be at the Jaguars who have the first overall pick obviously. And then Aaron Wilson will be at the Texans who have three and 13. So we've got you covered throughout kind of everything. And, um, we'll be breaking some news, I'm sure, but we'll also have insight and analysis. I think our draft team's phenomenal. Ian Cummings, Oliver Hodginson. Um, and then, uh, obviously Cam Mailer is, is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, come on and tune in, you know, while you're also checking out football outsiders, you know, double dip a little bit. We've got a great draft guide that you can, uh, PDF and print out. Like I always do. I bring my, my, my highlighters and people make fun of me in the draft. (laughs) I appreciate you guys having me on. It was awesome talking to two of you, the two of you, two of my favorite people. So, uh, yeah, check out PFN and, um, check out my work. Awesome. One more question though. Are the Eagles going to stick you up in that attic of that little house? Or are they going to let you? I, no, I think we're going to be back in the auditorium. Oh, you good. know, the one where like Tommy McDonald and, and Chuck Benerick yeah. stare at you lovingly. Yes. Um, and then Reggie White has like a weird like snarl, if I remember correctly. I haven't been in two years because of COVID. <laughs> too much. They've got nice lounges. That's like where they, they host all the team meetings. So it'll that's, be great. That's- that's comfortable because that attic, I remember interviewing Sidney Jones in that attic and like creaking going up the steps and like, yeah, that probably isn't very good for COVID either. That, you know? That's a chapter of a book. <laughs> like interviewing <laughs> Sidney Jones in an attic. Uh, man. Howie Roseman's North attic. Yep. Thank you, Mike. See you guys. Have a See great one. But folks, we're going to stick around because we got a couple more props we want to hit. Derek gave us a prop, which I also love. Um, and we've been talking about Georgia. We're always talking about this entire two months. We've been talking about Georgia guys. We haven't hit Nicobe Dean much today. Under at 30 and a half with a good number there at minus 110. Walk me through this, Derek. Right. So it seems a lot of the reason he's falling is obviously because he's pretty undersized. I mean, six foot 225 puts him in basically the, the Levante David range. If there aren't that many successful linebackers at that size, however, it's so hard for me to imagine a player who was one of the top two most influential players on the best college defense we have ever yes. seen. Yes. Jordan Davis and Nicobe <laughs> Dean were the engines for everything that right. defense did. Um, and I just think he plays so fast. He's so smart. He um, deals with blocks a lot better than someone his size should. You know, it still crops up sometimes. Yeah, he does get, you know, beaten and swallowed because, you know, sometimes the guards are just bigger, but like, I don't think it's as much of an issue as um, it would be for most linebackers, his size. I think he's just going to be really good. And I think for him to fall, this would basically be entirely out of the first round. Um, Cause you're basically betting that he wouldn't, you know, get picked in the last two picks or whatever. But I just think someone in that, you know, 22 to 28 range or something, either a trade up or, you know, somebody is going to be able to take the swing. Right. Right. Down, down when you're not necessarily picking for need and you can grab a, right. if, 
maker. And, and you talk about, yeah, Dean and Davis, oh, they, they're going to fall to 15 and 31, but number one is going to be Walker. And number three or four is going to be Jermaine Johnson, who couldn't crack the starting crack lineup. Crack that score. lineup. <laughs> right. So Kirby Smart is clueless, and he's building around the weaker players, but he's letting the smaller other players transfer or putting them in a role that doesn't fit their talents. Apparently, apparently. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but I love this prop as well, and I'm going to look this one up. I, I'm going to throw mine up here right now, and I'm, and I'm going to talk about the awesome power. We just talked. We saw Mike K move the line by talking about Iki Aquano. Okay, uh, from his lips to DraftKings ears. I like odd props, and if you go to my prop extravaganza football outsiders, I got a bunch of normal ones. But when I see a a click on a link that says special teams props for the draft, I click that immediately, like some kind of lunatic. And there was. Matt Areza, punt Jesus, from San Diego State. Best punting prospect since, I guess, Shane Leckler. I mean, maybe Brian Anger or whatever. Um, you know, and he was at, I believe he was at my, minus 150 when I took it. And now here it was my, minus 175 when, I, when we posted it. It is currently, since I posted my little uh, report, at minus 400. Wow. Yes. So... I think this is this is not the awesome power of me, ladies and gentlemen. Although you know, a lot of people probably clicked that link at the same time and saw the same thing. There's only one special teamer that I think anyone in their right mind would say I'm going to draft. Like I, I I'm actually going to prioritize drafting. Not it's the seventh round. I got like eight compensatory picks. I'll grab a kicker. It's a it's a razor. And so you can't get him anymore. But I'm just now I'm bragging because I was able to get him at minus one seventy five. Well, there you go. That makes that makes putting it up here on the, on the show even funnier. Then that <laughs> makes it even better for you. It, it, now it looks like I'm just making crap up. <laughs> you know, no, like, oh, I, I got Kenny Pickett to go anywhere in the first round at plus seven hundred, aren't I? Get, no, <laughs> this is real. Oh, by the way, Joey Suck says kicker, punter, or long snapper. That is correct. So no, oh, he's a return man too, like that kind of thing. Right. Um, and I haven't even looked. I know there's a the, the Utah State kid is considered a return man. He's like five foot, 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if there's anybody draftable as a pure return man. There are some kickers. This is the only guy that we've all thought of as, oh, well, this guy could be useful to draft. Right. I think the only p- other pure returner I could think of is Velas Jones from Tennessee. Um, he's yeah. not, I mean, he technically plays right receiver, but like yeah. in reality, not really. <laughs> he's more right. of just a returner. Right. And, and he is not, he's listed among the wide receivers. Right. And, yeah, and he played that position enough that most teams would call him receiver, but he's going to be returning kicks. So, mm-hmm. uh, that was so that that's our prop bet, and we've already said goodbye to Mike K. And we're gonna cut out a couple minutes early here because we've got some prepping to do. Derek, do you want to explain what we're doing on Thursday night, or should I do it because neither of us are really sure? I think you can go ahead, I'll, I'll let you try to swing. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday night football outsiders draft coverage is going to be in the form in video form, and you're going to be able to find us wherever you do social networking for example twitter otherwise known as amazon social network uh, we will be on facebook uh, i think we're going to be on instagram that makes sense right right that's a thing we do uh and what we're going to be doing is after each pick comes derek and i are going to be recording a, a little segment and we're going to be blasting it out for you throughout the entire first round so yeah instead of me writing ten thousand words and derek writing ten thousand words and then you forget about them the next day because mike k wrote a feature about the guy you get to just chill and and and, uh, and watch our video and then go watch your other favorite people. You go go figure out what someone else is. Derek, have you ever done anything like this before? 
I don't think so. You know, I've done like a live graph show before, but I think, you know, this is a little bit, a uh, little bit different, a little bit cleaner, a little bit more bite-sized than that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how it goes. Who'd you do the live draft show with? I don't remember truthfully, but I, I feel like I, you know, I could honestly be making that up, but I feel like <laughs> having done this, I feel like having done this for eight or so years, I probably have done it at a certain point, but right. maybe the, all the drafts are there and, and, and I haven't, I don't know. They, they do run together. And, I, and I've for years was just pick by pick writing them. And the fact is, folks, they were all pre-written and I would just put a little uh, gingerbread around it and, and, and send it out there. So if you look at the FO40, those are my opinions. You go to past walkthroughs, you find my opinions, Derek opinions there. And then for the rest of the weekend, stop by Football Outsiders, go to the um, the, the open discussion threads. And I know I'm going to be there. Derek, I think you probably have some responsibilities for Bleach Report, but you might be stopping by as well. I might dabble, yeah. See, see what's going on. See if there's any spicy takes. <laughs> right, right. And, and we'll be in there, and, and and we'll be butting heads with each other and you guys, and 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 doing things that way. So it's going to be a little bit looser that way. And then you come back next week, and we're going to have some coverage there. Some draft grades. We're actually going to do draft grades at Football Outsiders. You know, like, uh, you know, we we know it takes five years to grade a draft, but I'm going to grade grade them on Monday, et cetera. Um, and and it's going to be a lot of fun. Derek, are you ready for the draft? I am extremely ready for the draft i'm ready for uh what would it be sunday when there's no more draft (laughs) yes can you come back next tuesday for a show of course you you gotta at least get one more you know you gotta tie the bow on it and then and then we're good (laughs) yeah so sunday when there's no more draft was there a tipping point moment for you over the last couple days you said enough was enough um you can say i I don't think if there's a particular tipping point but Mm -hmm. i was talking to um mike k before the show Charting Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett did something <laughs> irreversible to my brain, I think. And so <laughs> I think those were the tipping points. Yeah. One thing for me to scout them and take notes, play by play charting them. Yeah. And especially Corral. Because yeah, it was yeah. Corral's definitely worse because it's repetitive. You're typing the same thing into the spreadsheet for 70% of the plays. RPO. Yep. A flat pass. Gain of four, RPO. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, for, for me, it was when we discovered the the Malik Willis is a running back take. Um, That's I, a pretty I, good tipping point there. I love you, Pete, but for F's sake, what the heck was that? I feel like sometimes we draw the, draw the short straw here, and you're the guy who has to go say something goofy, and that was it. It's like, just start the draft now. We are done. We, we reached the apothe- apotheosis, and there's no turning back. And I think we reached the apotheosis of the show, and there's no turning back, so we're going to sign off. But first, I have to remind you that Football Outsiders NFL Draft coverage for this entire draft run-up has been presented by Underdog Fantasy. And you can use the promo code FO40, that's FO40 at Underdog. Double your deposit up to $100. Links to Underdog Fantasy can be found in the description of the video below. You can also just Google it like the rest of us do. You can get on there and play NBA, NHL, baseball. You can also do fantasy drafts for next year, pre-draft, NFL, fantasy, best ball drafts, et cetera. You go there, there's a ton of content. Look it up, enjoy it. If you've liked it, if you've loved what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks, leave a review, rate the show, like us wherever you're watching podcasts, live stream, whatever this is we're doing. And we will see you on draft night. And Derek and I will see you next week here for our big Hallelujah It Has Happened draft wrap-up show. Take care, folks. 